On the resurrection morning When all the dead in Christ shall rise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. Oh, with the redeemed, no God understand. There'll be no more sorrow, no, no more pain. There'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of my Savior, ready to live in glory. Land. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior Ready to live, I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal One A hallelujah morning When the last trump of God shall sound Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life eternal. Praise all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With reading, no God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of my likeness. Ready to live, I'll, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life eternal. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. This is your host, Bruce Kessler. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him I find forgiveness, peace, joy, happiness. I'm blessed beyond measure, more than I ever deserve. Hey, upcoming in our study segment, we're going to ask the question, is this pandemic judgment? Good question. We need to find an answer for that. But first, a few things along the way. Headline news. Well, now get this. The Pulse Movement, a millennial-led evangelical outreach to younger generations, is taking full advantage of its digital native social media savvy to bring the social distancing restrictions prompted by the COVID-19 pandemic. 
On March the 15th, the Minneapolis-based Pulse launched what they called the Bible Quarantine. That's right, folks, a daily video message by founder and chief communicator Nick Hall. The series is available on Facebook, Instagram TV, and YouTube. Get this, folks. The Bible quarantine was just a goofy idea Nick Hall had last weekend, said Susan Harris, Pulse's Director of Advancement and Employee Engagement. Hall said in a statement to the Christian Post that the feature was developed after I posted an image of a show idea called The Bible Quarantine with the caption, Because Man Shall Not Live on Netflix Alone. I was half joking, but it got a very strong response. Response, how about that, folks? Because Man Shall Not Live on Netflix Alone. The Bible Quarantine. Harris wrote in her email to that Nick and our team quickly saw a need to bring light and laughter to people during this time of uncertainty. The first episode was entitled, You Can't Cancel the Church. In his introduction to the series, Hall acknowledged the concept of the Bible quarantine is a little goofy, but the goal of these episodes is that we would encourage you to make the most of this window of time to hear from God, our mission has always been to make Jesus known to this generation, and now more than ever, that means reaching people through different digital platforms. We are just praying the Bible quarantine can make people laugh during this difficult time while challenging them to turn to Jesus and the Word of God and encourage them to find creative ways to love their neighbor. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. The Bible Quarantine Video Series brings light and laughter to the coronavirus pandemic. It's called the Pulse Movement. There you go, folks. A little laughter, a little humor in a time in which a lot of people are filled with such bad and negative thoughts. We need to be uplifted. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Get this. Only 7% of Protestant churches met in person last weekend and even fewer planned to meet for Easter in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a new survey by LifeWay Research. Only 3% of churches said that they will meet in person on Easter no matter what. Nearly half, 47%, already have decided to cancel services. Meanwhile, 92% of churches are live streaming their services or providing members with a pre-recorded video. The pandemic has had a major impact in other areas too. 42% of pastors said at least one attendee has lost their job. More than half of pastors, 52%, said giving to their church has decreased. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. 93% of America's churches have stopped meeting altogether. Folks, we have to adapt or die. Figure out a way to stay connected. Amen.
May God help us to use all of this technology that we have in place. Well, get this, get this. Speaking in the White House Rose Garden, the CEO of MyPillow urged a national television audience on Monday to use the time at home during the COVID-19 pandemic to grow closer to God and family. That's right. He said this, God gave us grace on November 8, 2016 to change the course we were on. Lindell said, referencing the, the date of President Trump's election, God had been taken out of our schools and lives and nation had turned its back on God. I encourage you, use this time at home to get back in the word, read your Bibles, spend time with your families, with our great president, vice president, and his administration, all the great people in this country pray daily. We will get through this, get back to the place that's stronger and safer than ever there you go folks get back in the word during this pandemic my pillow ceo urges americans at white house indeed we all need to regroup and rethink and refocus on god and on his son jesus christ Amen, glory, hallelujah, and that's the headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. On this day in 1660, King Charles II of England, still in exile, issues the Breda Declaration, making promises that he will violate soon after his return to England. Among them, we do declare a liberty to tender consciences that no man shall be disquieted or called in question for differences of opinion in matters of religion which do not disturb the peace of the kingdom. He will be a great persecutor of Presbyterians and independents such as John Bunyan. Then in 1687, same King James of England issues a declaration of indulgence, granting full liberty of worship in England. Because he goes around the Constitution by not consulting Parliament, many are displeased. In 1742, on this day, Charles Wesley preaches his famous sermon, Awake Thou That Sleepest, to the University of Oxford. Printed, the sermon will become Methodist's most popular track. Finally, on this day in church history, in 1968, the assassination in Memphis, Tennessee, of Baptist minister... Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr., a vocal advocate of civil rights. And that's this day in church history. And now we have named that Bible character segment. We have a great time with this. 
So here is your clue. I am the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Who am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Who am I? We'll reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue in our final segment of Name that Bible character after our study period. And speaking of that, we go right in to our study segment right now. So pick up your Bibles and uh, pick up your hot cup of coffee or drink, whatever you like, and let's sit down together. And let's talk about God's Word and how it applies to our life during this pandemic. So we want to entertain the question, is this pandemic God's judgment on us or God's judgment on humanity? What is God trying to tell us? Well, I think kind of a, an overview of plagues and, and pestilence. Those are the two terms that we come across biblically, used quite often in the uh, Old Testament and in the New. There are examples of plagues in the Bible. One that we know very well is found in Exodus chapter 7, verse 14 through Exodus 12, verse 36. That was when God sent the ten plagues to upon the Egyptians during their, before the Israelites left Egypt. They included the plague of blood, plague of frogs, plague of lice, gnats, plague of flies, the plague of livestock, the plague of boils, the plague of hail, the plague of locusts, the plague of darkness, and the death of the firstborn. God promised judgment if the people of Israel turned against the Lord. Part of that judgment included plagues. Leviticus chapter 26 verse 25. You remember in 2 Samuel chapter 24 verse 10 through 17 because King David sinned by numbering the people of Israel. God sent a three-day plague and wiped out 70,000 men. Prophet Amos in Amos chapter 4 verse 10 prophesied that God would send several judgments against the nation of Israel, including plagues that were going to be similar to what Egypt endured. Just think about that, folks. Think about that. God sent several judgments against the nation of Judah, including a plague, when he sent King Nebuchadnezzar to destroy Jerusalem. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 21, chapter 24, and 29, verse 17. So there are lots of other examples of plagues in the Bible. So what were the principles behind these plagues, I guess? That's really what we need to derive from that. One principle, we actually find two principles, but the first is a biblical plague 
was part of God's judgment against sin generally or in general. Or when he sent plagues when Egypt enslaved and oppressed the people of Israel. Severe left no room for speculation. Even the ruler of Egypt knew God had sent the plagues. Exodus 9 verse 27 says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I have sinned, and the Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. So the first basic principle behind plagues that were sent by God was that it was his judgment against sin in general to non-believers. The second principle what I can tell is that God sent plagues against his own people to judge their sin. Jeremiah 14 verse 12, Though they fast, I will not hear their cry, and though they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. So those are two of the main principles that I find about the reason and rationale from God's perspective in sending plagues are pestilences. A man by the, a preacher by the name of John Piper, I think, had a, a really um, excellent response. And so if you will permit me to, to read this statement of his, I, I think it offers a, a fair and, and decent perspective during this time in which we're facing this pandemic. And he begins by quoting or by making a statement by saying that Jesus has all knowledge and all authority over the natural and supernatural forces of this world. You know, we sometimes quote the passage there where it's Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Well, he still has the same power over all things that he'd had even when we read about him in the New Testament, we still have the same Jesus on our side. That's the point. And John Piper continues by stating, Jesus knows exactly where the virus started and where it's going next. He has complete power to restrain it or not. And that's what's happening. Neither sin nor Satan nor sickness nor sabotage is stronger than Jesus. He's never backed into a corner. He is never forced to tolerate what he does not will. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Psalms 33 verse 11. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Job 42 verse 2. So the question is not whether Jesus is overseeing, limiting, guiding, governing all the disasters and all the diseases, including all of their sinful and ramifications. The question is, how are we to understand and make sense of it now? All natural disasters, whether floods, famines, locusts, tsunamis, diseases, Pandemics are all a thunderclap of divine mercy in the midst of judgment, calling all people everywhere to repent and realign their lives by grace with the infinite worth and glory 
of Jesus Christ. And the basis for that building block is Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Pilate there had slaughtered worshipers in the temple. Then the tower in Siloam had collapsed and killed 18 bystanders. And the crowds wanted to know from Jesus, just like we wonder about this pandemic, okay, Jesus, make some sense out of all this. Tell us what you think about these natural disasters and their cruelty. These people were just standing there and now they're dead. Here's an answer from Jesus that no one will like. And no one today will likely understand. And Jesus' answer is in Luke chapter 13 verse 4. He says, those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? What an answer. And I'm sure if I would have been standing there, I would not have liked that answer. I would not have understood it. No, I tell you, Jesus said, but unless you repent, so he's making that shift from them to you. You will all likewise perish. It's just mind boggling. But there is a spiritual truth there that we all need to be reminded of during this time. During these distressful times in which we live. You know. The figure keeps going up of people who are dying. Family members, loved ones, people we don't even know. And yet we grieve in our hearts for this people who just died of something that they didn't do or they didn't catch on purpose. Wasn't their fault. That they caught that disease. John Piper continues. Now that's the message of Jesus. To the world at this moment in history. Under the coronavirus. A message to every single human being. Me and you. And everybody who is listening. And every ruler on this planet. Every person who hears about this. Is receiving a thunderclap message from God. Saying. Repent. Repent. Turn to God. And I think the Chinese authorities should especially pay attention. Who have recently. Become so increasingly harsh and repressive against the followers of Jesus Christ. Repent. And seek God's mercy. To bring your lives our lives into alignment with his infinite worth. That's the message from Jesus that we need to understand. We may not understand why bad things are happening around us. We may not get it. We may not understand it. But we do know 
that God is sending a message trying to get our attention, get us realigned back to Him and Him alone. Repent and seek God's mercy. Amen. Amen. And glory. Hallelujah. That's our study for this broadcast. And now we have Name That Bible Character Segment. Here was your clue. I am the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Who am I? Hela. Hela. Luke 3, verse 23. And Jesus answered himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, who, which was the son of Helah. I am the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Who am I? Helah. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ. The greatest movement ever. Just accept him as your Lord and Savior. Submit to him in baptism, repentance, and remission of sins, and you will receive forgiveness and have joy, peace, happiness, and be blessed beyond measure, more than you ever deserve. My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Hey, if you ever come through Norman, Oklahoma, when the time of this distress is over, well, just stop by and visit with us here at the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ. But right now, just come to our website, visit with us, listen to our sermons, participate with us. Normanchurch.com, Normanchurch.com, Normanchurch.com. Friend, I just want to tell you this. Thank you for listening. May God bless you praise god praise god give thanks to the father in all in all that you say and do well amen amen sing glory hallelujah christ the lord has died for you praise god praise god give thanks to the father in all in all that you say and do well amen Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord has risen for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.